0: Got time for a quick story, figuring out when to create music. It's different person to person. Some people are writing music all the time. It's a natural, like it's their life. It's like breathing. Some people got to really think about it. Writer's block is a thing. And then everything in between, it's a whole spectrum, You can go many years without writing new music, and then you sit down and you do it. Well, that was the case in particular, that type of writing music by John Waite. You remember Missing You, his hits with the babies. He recently released his first collection of new music in 11 years. In May of 2022, he released an EP called Anything. Five new recordings, some new writing good listen and got an interview with John Waite to talk about anything and asked him about the music creation process writing new music fun interview with John Waite here he is talking about anything and other stuff as well chat about the new the new release anything came out what is it a month ago today am I correct on that oh I don't know I I never really pay attention I think it's that
1: um but, yeah, it's in the stores. If you go to Target, you can find a signed copy. There's a lot of different record stores carrying it. And uh, we're out on the road. We're touring behind it. Um, pretty much hardcore. Um, we're doing spot gigs going into the summer. And um, then we go out with Rick Springfield and minute at Work. And um, we do that. And... Um, it's, uh, it's going to be a busy year, you
0: know. That's for sure. Um, starting with the new music, of course, and we'll, we'll dive right on in with that with that, the five tracks on anything. And we played that, that first single uh, oh, great. here in the you. station. Yeah, we did. We, we're, we do like a weekly segment where we play new music from classic artists, and I heard that. I'm like, well, obviously we're going to play this one. Um, oh, that's, yeah, thank you. Yeah. That's
1: great, man. That's, like, that's old school.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, we're like, yeah, because we've got like Chicago coming up Wednesday night, stuff like that. So when I heard that, I, I went, you know, it, it sounds like his voice hasn't changed at all. Like it, this could be 1984. I mean, outside of technology changing, but in the instrumentation, but yeah, it sounds the same. Where was the inspiration for the title track of this uh, of this album? Well, I,
1: you know, it's a couple of years old when when we wrote it. Me and Anthony Chrysan, Anthony's been a collaborator and a musician on my albums for years, and I was in Jersey at his studio and we knocked out um, Anything and Lifeguard in the same two-day period, and then we, after those two songs were cut, we we actually jammed uh, Grenadine, which is the third track. Um, it's just a very simple song. I think the times we live in are kind of complicated and hard, especially now. The, the world is on fire and um i felt kind of i was going to say obligated but i mean i do feel as a musician uh it's not about singing the blues at the moment i think if you can do anything with music um it's like you know you should pony up and bring something to the table that's gonna be positive so i really did want to put out a positive release uh the reaction has been surprising. Everybody says, "Whoa, this is really great!" It's the John we know, and uh, it's like, well, "Okay, you know." But it's just another aspect of what I do. Um There's some of the dark stuff on there, but um, anything is really just a, a very solid, simple, direct message with uh, with what I think is a pretty good melody. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you set out to record an EP in, in the first place, or was just, let's see what comes out? Was it out? What was the intention when you went in to record new music?
1: Well, I found uh, the last um, release that I had that was all original, Rough and Tumble, uh, that came out some years ago. But we had number one single on classic rock radio with the title track, Rough and Tumble, and it made no difference whatsoever to the reaction or to sales or demand. Uh, The business has changed so much that you release a record and it's gone in like a week. People have moved on to something else. And it can be sort of intimidating trying to put out an album of like 10, 12 songs, because people have a short attention span these days, you know, and I, I know the EP thing works for me. I love it. The pressure seems to be off. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like you get the cream of what you're writing. Uh, there's no B-sides. You just really go for the throat. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the same same effort, really. It's just that it's, uh, it's more direct. It's like you know, instead of writing a, a paragraph, you write a sentence, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: You said, Anthony, and, excuse me, Anything and Lifeguard, both kind of came out at the same time. Grenadine comes that comes in jam wise, and then there's two more tracks, and they, I mean they, there's a good amount of meat to these. They keep going on extended guitar solos, "Darling" and "Masters of War." How did those two songs come about?
1: Well, I was just I was sifting through some some DAT tapes. Can you believe it? I mean, I had to get the <laughs> DAT machine to work, but I was looking to I was looking to see what I had. You know, if I could just go in the studio and bang something, and I found the framework of "Darling." And I liked it. It was unusual, and it, and it was right next to Downtown, which is uh, one, of, one of my more darker, from Temple Bar. It's uh, one of my favorite songs. So I knew it was from a period that was a long time ago. But I, I reconstructed the song, rewrote the lyric completely, and uh, went in the studio and, and tried to get it to work. And I spent maybe two or three weeks on that one song. I've never done that in my life before. And um, Neil Giraldo, I went to Neil and said, "Man, I can't get this thing to to really sit." And he um, he put in a great keyboard part for the chorus, and um, you know, all my friends came around and kicked in something to get it to work. It was quite great, really. It was like seeing old friends. But "Masters of War," I cut that uh, when I was actually on tour with Neil, uh, and it was 9/11, the anniversary, and we I wanted to do something to show some sort of recognition of it. And we came out in the encore and played Masters of War with the full band and Neil joined us. And um, I thought it was just a tremendous message, you know, in the times we live. It was written when I was about 13 or 14, and it's still relevant, which is kind of upsetting. But And I went in the studio and cut that. And I suddenly had five songs. So, you know, it, I... You know, I'm the guy that makes it. It's very hard to describe what I do. Uh, That's probably why I write music. You would probably put your finger on this more than I can. Um, But I do know that it's a strong release. And I know we're going out on a fairly endless tour. I'm right in the middle of it. And um, life is good.
0: Hmm. The music's good, too. Uh, You mentioned Neil Giraldo, of course. So you have one of the most talented guitarists it's yeah. been and pop yeah. rock music in Absolutely. the past several decades um speaking of, side note um your thoughts on essentially him getting in with pat benatar finally into the rock and roll hall yeah. of fame
1: oh it's it's well deserved i mean uh, when i first got to new york city just before i made ignition and uh neil produced that uh but i remember going to see them play on the pier in new york at night and they were really throwing down. They were really working, you know, a lot. They were going out and tour all the time. And as I've seen Neil over the years and, and shared the bill with him, they're still out there grinding through these dates and loving every second of it. And um, they've produced some great music. And they've, you know, some people just go out and tour for like two months a year, make a great deal of money and go home. Those two work. Year round, and their crew and their band, uh, Chris and Mick, they're tremendous, you know, and, it, and it's like a relentless commitment. And so, to, for them to finally get in is, um, it's justice, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Who, all, who all else is on the release? Who played on all the five tracks? Besides, of course, you and Neil. <laughs>
1: Oh, <laughs> well, Anthony, Anthony Chrysan, you know, the guy that I co-wrote a couple mm-hmm. of the songs right. with, he, uh, he, uh, played guitar in it. Um, I played bass on it occasionally. Uh, the engineer, uh, MC, he actually played guitar on, uh, on Darling. I mean, it was just, I played bass and guitar on, uh, Masters of War, Shane Fontaine, uh, played on Masters of War, the guitar solo. So, you know, uh, it's some of the best people around, you know, I I don't really, although I got to say, you know, giving the engineer, I just said, do you want to play guitar on this? And he said, yeah. And he sat down and played the guitar and it was (laughs) great. And none of us could get it right. And he just picked it up and just in one take, there it was, it was like, oh man. So there are no rules in the studio. You know, it's it's not like playing live. You you're trying to create something in a different manner that's going to translate all that energy without being there in person. Mm-hmm. And it's a different it's a different animal. But uh, I think the playing's extraordinary on the uh, on the EP. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you find yourself uh, wanting to do another EP at some point? What's the creativity level, or is that when you kind of sit down and go, okay, now it's time? Where, what's your creative juice level like going forward?
1: Well, I have this record I'm, I'm considering going into, uh, which would be a mirror of Temple Bar, the record I made mm-hmm. such a long time ago, but it was a new beginning for me as a writer. And I think it's like Temple Bar 2. The songs are, um, are me 20 years, 25 years on. And I think that would be interesting. It'd be interesting because Temple Bar was like a mirror. i looked into the mirror and there I was. And um, the songs were f- uh, a very... Um, it was, I thought they were on a high standard. It was just... and all the musicians were wonderful and everybody who got involved in it was just great. And I want to attempt that again. Um, it would probably sound a little harsher and i um, very stripped down. Uh, but I think that's where I'm going. I've, I have such a lot of songs that deserve to be on a record together. They're stronger together. They tell a story. And um, every so often, it's time to move, you know? It's, you can't say, well, I'll do it next year. Or, you know, I can't be bothered. It has to be done. You have to make that music. And I'm, I'm coming right up on that. I can feel it. Um I might record it on the road. You know, I might on the days off go into a studio with my band and cut tracks. I don't know. But uh it'll be one of those records that's um ad hoc, as they say. Just make it happen in the moment.
0: I remember hearing How Did I Get By With You on the Radio here in Eau Claire back when that uh, album came out. So yeah. it'll be that that's a that's a nice choice for kind of a, a, a successor if you will, a, a, a part two to to hear how that uh, turns out whenever it does come out.
1: Yeah, no, I I actually thought that anything um, is um, a twin to How Did I Get By. Yeah. And it could have, I... yeah, it could, yeah. It huh? really, you know, Anthony said that. He said you could do another Temple By and start off with this thing, anything. Pure pop, direct, simple, musical, and then you sort of get into the darker stuff. But, um no doubt i'll come up with something but uh, i will look at temple bar again and um sift through it and it'll happen fast when it happens we'll just go in the studio and get it but um everything to do with temple bar was just high-end tony scott the film director shot the video in monument valley in from a helicopter with me in it and um you know, uh, all the st- everybody that was involved was just a, a real artist. You know, the engineers, everybody. You know, Mike Shipley, the great producer engineer. He worked on that. It was just one of those things that happens every so often that you just don't know how it happens. But it'll be hard to do. But I'm really looking forward to giving it a shot.
0: When you go on tour, obviously solo dates, but then you got the, the Rick Springfield men at work dates. Yeah. combining with all of the hits, the well-known songs, Deep Cut, whatever, fan favorites, et cetera, would, would you would more ordinarily choose to perform? How many of the Anything tracks do you anticipate putting into the live set this year? That's
1: good. That's a good question. I mean, I said to Rick um, the other day, I said, look, you know, maybe we should all put some new songs into the set. And he said, well, that's when everybody goes and buys a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I I like that. You know, I I like throwing things in and seeing what the audience is going to do. I mean, there's nothing to lose. You know, they've come to see you. So I think to to play something new would be great. My band and everyone at radio seems to think that Grenadine is is the one, you know, so it shows you what I know. I don't know. I'll, I'll probably include a couple of songs from the new release just to see where it goes. But you have an obligation to the public to sort of play Missing You, you know, and maybe play, you know, Head First or any of the Baby Sits. You know, there's, a, there's such a lot of songs. No kidding. I look at it myself and scratch my head. I have no idea how I managed it. But there's <laughs> such a lot of songs, and people want to hear those songs. Uh, but you do want to give them something new. Uh, so you try and work a set out that, that everyone can live with, you know.
0: Uh-huh. How how did you get on this particular tour? I don't know.
1: I I honestly don't know. I think Rick, Rick rang up and said, "Do you want to go?" And I said, "Yeah, all right." You know, it was it was that simple. Uh, I'd given it some thought. I gave it a couple of weeks, and I was just like, well, "Do I want to go on a a major package tour like that?" But you would be playing probably to a very large amount of people, and I've always. Got on well with Rick. I mean, I've known him for for ages, you know. And um, it seemed like a fun thing to do. But I got the call and um, worked out a budget and thought, well, yeah. You know, it's we got the new release. There's no excuse. You should go. You know, so that's how it happened.
0: There was a discussion you, Colin Hay, Rick Springfield had. I can't remember if it was... Was that Ultimate Classic Rock or where I was reading and you were talking about um, interesting music video stories and you were mentioning the one on being up high and like the the Mesa and, 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 and I think yeah. it was for In Dreams or whatever, whatever it was from the 90s. Yeah, yeah. and like, wow. Okay, I'm going to flip the question. What was your most, I guess, not that that was not a favorite music video memory, but what's your favorite video memory or production, whatever where you're like, wow. That was a really cool thing, I, I just, just did, regardless of how, whatever the commercial element of it was.
1: Well, um, Bad English did Forget-Me-Not, and um, that was a big-budget video. It's like, I think, $200,000. It was ridiculous. We went to England, and uh, we shot it in this ridiculous soundstage, you know, like a wood. It looked like we were playing at being Robin Hood, you know. (laughs) And we came back to America, so it laughed and canned it. And then we went back in. And Forget Me Not is written loosely around uh, the Anne Rice books, the vampire stories. And um, it got storyboarded. And uh, we found a girl that looked sort of like something out of the pre-Raphaelite era. And Mm -hmm. we shot that. But that was like being... That was like a 24 hour nonstop shoot. And there was a tremendous amount of production went into it and different setups. And it, it was really involved, but it was a really spectacular video. It cost God knows how much, but it was, it, it was worth it to me. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs>
0: Video budgets are a little different nowadays. I mean, there's occasionally... I would say so. Yeah, and occasionally you get the the big one, but by and large, it's much smaller, but it's also arguably easier to do. If you were to do a video for one of these songs, if any, anything, or Grenadine, and it's interesting you mentioned that Grenadine's getting some reaction because that's the one that kind of... The, the essence of maybe the, maybe it's the color that sticks, whatever, but but it's sticking in my mind a little more, so there might be something to that. But if you were to do a video today, what what, what would be your ideal to do for one of these songs?
1: Well, I think Grenadine would work. I really do. I think um, <clears throat> the other stuff, I think, would come off. There's nowhere to really go. The, the lyrics are so self-explanatory. You... you to put images behind them like Darling, that would be too much. And Masters of War, you don't need the visuals. I mean, that's Bob Dylan. But I think Grenadine would work. Very loose, black and white, late night, kind of um, cocktail bar, streets of New Jersey, kind of streets of old New York. Um, I think that would be like a, open to in a movie, you know, that would be, because of all the things, the color of grenadine in your kiss, you know, it's the color of grenadine I seem to miss. The whole thing could be in black and white, apart from the color of grenadine, which might be flashed into it, you know, that could be a, a little piece of art, you know, and it wouldn't cost a fortune.
0: All right. Maybe we'll see that at some point. I don't know. That'd be Maybe we will. Maybe we yeah. will be keep my eye on YouTube at some point. Well, this has been a fun chat. It was a good uh, EP to listen to. I've listened through it a couple times. And uh will look forward to more coming from you in the future. John Waite, uh, anything, go listen to it. Oh, and did I see, correctly, uh, Singles coming out later on this year? Yeah.
1: Yeah, We got. A, it's going to be a big year, apart from the touring. There's a documentary coming out. Hmm. A full-scale documentary on my life that's going to be picked up sooner or later by one of the majors, and that'll be on your cable TV. And there's uh, a very extensive greatest hits that's uh, that will be out for the Rick Springfield Net at Work tour. Um, there's so much going on. If you if you want to get a signed copy of of anything, you can go to John Waite Worldwide. this T-shirts, artwork signed lyrics there's like and all the cds signed or you can go to target and it'll be in target if it's not in now um you know it's in the stores it's not just uh one of those things you put out and sell it off the internet it's going to be in the stores it should be now so but that's uh that's really all i can do that's it
0: and there's a, there is a lot of that that's that's good content. John, thanks for taking some time to chat today. Best of luck on all the touring and everything that's more to come and we'll hear more from you coming down the road.
1: Well, thanks for spinning anything. That's that's really cool.
0: You're you're quite welcome anytime. We're always looking for the new music. So thank you very much and take care.
1: Yeah, god bless. See you, you
0: down the road. It was a really fun interview with John Waite. Really, really nice chat there with him. John JohnWaiteWorldwide.com is his website. Go there to get John Waite information. He's on social media a lot as well, as I've discovered. So uh, follow him as well on likes of Facebook, Instagram, etc. But uh, yeah, we'll be looking forward to that. Well, potentially more new music and other uh, new happenings from John Waite in the near future as of the taping of this podcast, June 2022. This has been the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. Thanks to Jody Best-Glisman for getting this interview arranged. Thanks to my employer, Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. We referenced that uh, radio station in the interview. Uh, providing the facilities to do this interview and other interviews. You can uh, listen to this interview at GreatestHits98.1.com near the top of the Website, the menu is a drop down. You can click on interviews. You can also go to our YouTube channel and listen to and watch a lot of the interviews I've done, and also my coworker, John Murphy. This podcast, Got Time for a Quick Story, you can find it on a lot of the usual podcast platforms. Subscribe to it so you know when new episodes arrive, and uh, also uh, rate it preferably higher so word spreads around even more about this podcast. Got Time for a Quick Story? I'm Luke Anthony.